Welcome to You Get a Rose. I'm your host, Hannah W. And I'm your host, Miss J. Ike Diggs. And we're going to be talking about the Fantasy Suites episode, which normally is... Very salacious. So salacious. It's normally so focused on the sex part of it, it feels like. And this is just... This episode had a whole other set of things to focus on. It really did. We started off... Um, in a way that I don't think any bachelor or bachelorette has ever started off you mean, a fantasy suite you episode. You mean being forced to relive generational trauma? Yep, that's the one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was shocked by this conversation between Matt and his dad. Well, break it down for me. Okay. Tell me, because I have some thoughts to share I'm sure well. you have so many. What was shocking to you? I was Shocked that the show had the audacity to air that segment after after everything that they have come under fire for. I would have thought they would have just I don't know. I mean they couldn't they couldn't edit it out, right? Because so much of the rest of the dates hinged around him telling the women. But like they could have been creative and not included it because at this point, I feel like Matt has had no control over his narrative and how it's being shown. And, like, the way that they have destroyed the season in every way possible and really just taken advantage of black pain. And now to exploit this relationship between Matt and his father, who hadn't seen each other for, what, years? It's, yeah, years. I don't think they specified. It was sickening. Yeah, I was, I felt very uneasy during this segment. Um, For those of you who may have missed it, let us recap very briefly. So Matt invites his father onto the show for uh, some one-on-one time before Fantasy Suites. And I don't know if you picked up on this, Hannah, but it seemed as if Matt's father was under one impression as far as what the conversation would be about. And Matt had an entire, Matt and production had another idea about what they were going to talk about because um, early on in the conversation, the two of them sat down and Matt's dad said, well, you know, he's so excited to see Mm -hmm. his son. And he said, I'm here to celebrate your success. And it seemed to me as if they had invited him on under the premise that your son's the bachelor. He yep. wants to catch up with you. This is going to be like a celebratory rekindling type of conversation. Yes. yes. And he didn't expect okay. to come in. It was a total bait and switch. It really was because then Matt, instead of, you know, celebrating in his success with his father, um, starts to explore and rehash some of the traumatic experiences he experienced as a child uh, due to his father's neglect yeah. or his absence yeah. in the marriage with his mother and with the family. And the infidelity that took place. Right. Yeah. And it, it felt very uneasy because it seemed like when the tone changed from we're here to celebrate Matt to you know, we're, we're basically going to have a family counseling session without a counselor. Right. Um, it seemed like Matt's father, who I forget his name. Do you remember his name, Hannah? No, I, I don't. don't we got a name. I don't even think I wrote it down. No, me neither. And usually with, if they tell us, I usually write it down. So I'm not even sure that they put it up on the screen. Wow. I don't know. They must have said it at some point, but I don't know. At some point. Sure. But it seemed like when the tone changed to Matt asking his father, why weren't you there for me? I'm still very hurt by this. This is the way that your absence has affected my relationships as an adult, that his father was caught very off guard by that. And that is what made me feel very uncomfortable about this whole interaction. Right. Well, number one, because we promote consent and consent can mean a lot of different things. And when you're on national TV, it means agreeing to... Um, come on the show for explicit reasons, right? Like right. Matt is explicitly there to find love and be the bachelor. Right. And his dad was p- potentially explicitly told he was there for a different reason than he was. So that's the first thing. But also the second thing is that throughout this conversation, we we saw 
a whole host of emotions coming out of mm. both of them, but particularly sure. the dad. And he spent a lot of the time gaslighting Matt and becoming defensive and then kind of trying to find his way back. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was vacillating between back and forth between a lot of different feelings. And had that conversation been done in a way where everyone knew it was happening and there was a mediator involved, like a professional therapist, then then he, first of all, it would have protected Matt's feelings more mm-hmm. thoroughly. And also mm-hmm. it would have hopefully given given Matt the ability to have that conversation in a, a even more meaningful way. Because, like, it looked meaningful, yes, because they hugged at the end. But, right. like, and because his dad said a few things about, I, I understand, like, I know what, I know what I did wrong. I want you to be better than that. But at the same time, I personally have gone through therapy with a parent. Mm. And it's not like that simple. You don't just walk away from one 20 minute conversation feeling like you've solved your lifelong struggles together. Right. That's right. Because your parent child relationship has gone on Matt's entire life. And they, nothing may come from this except for a national embarrassment for the dad and national gaslighting for Matt mm-hmm. with a reconciliation toward the end that I'm not sure really brought either of them closure. Yeah, that's a good point. We've been talking throughout this season about how black people and people of color are be using are being used as props in a lot of ways throughout the season. And I think that's another part of what just made me feel very uncomfortable about this scene. It very much felt like... Matt's father was, you know, used as a prop in a lot of ways to talk about Matt's trauma and his healing. And you know how you and I talked about, I think it was last week where we said, you know, some of that healing work, it's very cringy to do that on national TV in front of cameras. You know, some of that healing work and that um, maybe self-awareness or self-actualization work, whatever you want to call it. Um, isn't to be done on the big stage. And I, I mean, that's just an opinion, right? Yeah. And so um, I think that when you do it in the way that it was done for the show yesterday, it's it's not genuine, it's not organic, and that organic and genuine um, nature of doing this type of work is what makes it effective. Right. So I appreciate what you're saying, as far as we don't even know what what's going to come of this cuz when you want it, when you have a session like this both parties need to be ready yes both agreed. parties need to come to the table prepared to work on whatever issue you know is going to be discussed and the fact that Matt it seemed as if from the viewer's perspective that Matt's father was not prepared in any way to talk about what they talked about yesterday. Um, just makes me feel like this entire thing was again, another ploy for the show for ratings, um, you know, to tell this like very one sided story about Matt James and his upbringing and who he is. Right. And it plays on dangerous stereotypes about black men. And that's right. Um, and about black male fatherhood. And mm. it's like, right, you you had a, an opportunity to bring in the first black bachelor, and this guy happens to have a strained relationship with his black mm-hmm. father, and his white mom is very close to him. So if you're going to explore that, it has to be done with nuance and understanding that those, like, that that storyline can't just be thrown out into the ethos. Like, look, it's fixed. Like, we fixed it. The Bachelor fixed it. Like, no. First of all, it took a, a lot of work for Matt James to even come into that situation and handle it as well yeah. as he did. So, like, right. I applaud him for that. I think he's grown a lot since even the beginning of the show. Um, yeah. So that, like, watching the way he handled his dad and the way he spoke about his feelings and the way he was actually really vulnerable was amazing. Mm-hmm. We watched his dad go through a whole host of feelings and come around to the, you know, to wanting reconciliation, which was incredible to watch from him too. We got like a taste of the generational trauma that's happening to his father as well. And we don't know what his experience was like growing up, up in Africa because they didn't tell us anything about that or where he's from or anything. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But they did Only that his father had passed when he right. was five. Exactly. 
but they didn't treat it with any sort of nuance. And like the whole season leading up to this point, we've ta- we've heard about this experience and relationship, but I don't think we earned a conversation with his dad on TV. Are you kidding after me? After all, after like we learned almost nothing about Matt James except for that he has a bad relationship with his father throughout the whole season. Are, are you kidding me? Hmm. And you know, I don't know if you felt this way, but it almost feels to me as if Matt James is in a conversation with his exes in a way. Uh huh. Because he doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he doesn't have any. Well, yeah, almost like. It, it seemed throughout the episode that as he was, you know, being vulnerable yeah. with us as the audience and being vulnerable with his girlfriends, that he was speaking in a way that said, these were my shortcomings before, but now I'm addressing them. Ah, yeah. And to me, it felt as if he was speaking out to folks who may... Okay, I see um, what you mean. Not, <laughs> not believe that he's in a good place to make this lifelong commitment uh-huh. based on their experience with him. That's kind of the sense that I got. Yeah, no, I, I, I can see exactly how you would read it that way. It certainly seemed like he was trying to justify something to us. Something. But right? I wonder if it's because... You know, did the, did the show convince him he has justification to do? Or, mm. you know, what is what is being told from his explicit permission and what's not? I almost feel like he, he really believes in this vulnerability yes. thing. Mm-hmm. He really believes strongly that that's what builds relationships. And, you know, we've talked about how we think his idea of vulnerability is really narrow yes. right? because it's usually just about trauma right but um i think he buys into that so much that this was like his big coming out for lack of a better term mm-hmm. as a vulnerable person mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. you know he's saying like i've asked this of all the women that i've been dating throughout the season and this is how i'm practicing what i preach so in that- not only am i going to tell you Throughout the season about my strained relationship with my father, but I'm actually going to bring him on the show and, talk and we're about... going to have this tear filled yes. conversation. Yeah. So, you know, I felt like that was part of him being um, true to the audience, to who he claims to be. Yeah. Yeah. This is what he wrote on Twitter, by the way. Let's see. Tonight's combo with my dad was hard to experience and it's just as hard to watch all all this time later, especially knowing the world is watching me. I just wanted to say that too often we see dangerous stereotypes and negative depictions of black fathers in media, and they have consequences when presented without context. Then there's a link. Uh, I'm not sure what that links to. All I okay. all I hope is that people watch that conversation with nuanced care and also an understanding that there are real systemic issues at play. I am so proud of myself for being vulnerable. I'm so proud of my mother. I wouldn't be who I am without my dad. That's a fact. Hmm. What are your takeaways from that? Well, you can see there that he understands the problematics of what happened yesterday. Yes. You can see there that he understands that when folks are presented with a story of this nature, our our stereotypes take over our very um, flat understandings of race take over if we haven't had a lot of experience with folks from different racialized communities then you know the single story takes over yeah right and so i i hear in his statement that he's recognizing that and almost like he he recognizes that there could have been damn more harm done by that yeah than good. right i wonder but he still stands by it well what choice does he have he definitely signed a contract it's, I, I really wonder after experiencing, I mean, even just from some of the things we've seen him write on his Twitter and on his, uh, when he wrote that thing about um, Chris Harrison, I, I wonder if he's looking back at this the way we are, which is like, hmm. this is exploitative of his journey, of his experience. And they didn't vet these women and they didn't really, they obviously don't uh, train their staff on how to be nuanced and sensitive about these issues. And so if he's looking back at it now thinking, I can't believe my story is being told this way. 
And maybe he's just as surprised as we are. We don't know how much was cut out of the season. Mm -hmm. We don't know what other stories that he shared about himself and about his life. So maybe he is looking back at it like, dang, they really got me. Like, they really painted the image of the Black Bachelor and his upbringing that they wanted to. And I aided them in doing that. Right. The only story we've been told about Matt is that his black dad left him and his white mom raised him and they're close. Honestly. And that was during the first episode yeah, that we learned that. What else do we know about him besides that he played football? And we only know that he's from a picture. He's an athlete. Um, he's friends with Tyler. He runs ABC Food Groups. Let's literally say tours. everything we know about him. Okay. Okay. He used to work in finance. Oh, okay. Um, he works with young people. You know, he's yeah. a volunteer. He kisses with his eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like just based on what he has allowed us yeah. to know about him, what production has allowed us to know about him. I don't know. I don't know. Like we didn't like, for example, I heard on um, Bachelor Happy Hour that Chelsea did an interview there and she talked about how. She, uh, in that conversation where she talked about her hair, that Matt also shared about his hair and how his hair has changed based on his identity over time and what it says about him. And we didn't get to see that. Mm-mm. So, like, well, there's a lot about his experience and his black experience that we just didn't get privy to. And now the, yep. the part we're getting privy to is, like, the most traumatic part of his life, which is, of course, what they do. They always exploit this. But, like, they didn't think at all about the fact that that has way worse consequences for black people than it does for white people. Oh, man. And it was just, it was very uncomfortable listening to Matt recount his experience growing up. Um, I'm heartbreaking. sure you remember. Yeah. The interview where he cried and said, you know, he's explaining how his dad used to bring him shoes and pizza and how he mm-hmm. didn't need shoes or pizza. He, I was like. This is like, this is therapy stuff. And I, this is like behind the scenes stuff. And we really shouldn't, it's, it's, um, invasive Mm -hmm. to ask somebody to do this on such a big platform. And you could say, yeah, but he agreed to it. And, you know, nobody twisted his arm. Um, but again, he has, he doesn't have control over where the way this show is edited and who knows, you know, how much they didn't use yeah. that could have given us a more broad idea of who Matt James is. Yeah. On, on a personal level, I'm just like, wow, I can never be on that show because I just have zero interest in sharing the depths of my personal trauma Are for national TV. Me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, no, thank no. you. If they were like, what makes you the way you are? I'd be like, well, uh, just being a strong lady. <laughs> don't ask me. Don't ask me to share my therapy stuff. I will talk to you about that when you are, when we're dating. Yes, but not on TV. Not for likes. Right. No. But but again, Matt James also buys into this idea that this is what you have to do to build a loving relationship. Yeah. So and he was a bit of an influencer as well beforehand. So social media and like being on the media. With his life story, I don't know. It might be part of part of his thing. And you know, on the flip side, there's power in doing work like this. There's power in Mm -hmm. sharing experiences that were tough, in sharing the ways that you've overcome struggle. But it's the timing and the place and the way in which you choose to do it. I think that's important to consider. Right. I I also am a person who watches shows like Intervention. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is literally one hour of exploiting trauma. I won't name mine. <laughs> your personal trauma or your show? <laughs> no, my, my shows that do the same thing. Why not? Let's just admit our what? faults here. Put it all out there. <laughs> I watch Intervention. Are we just going to be vulnerable right mm-hmm. now yes. with one another? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Well, I no, I would say I watch the real world, but that's not really exploiting trauma. It has to be one of, I don't know. I Sometimes remember watching though, more... remember that woman that, that had alcoholism? What's her name? Ruby? I, 
Rudy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I watched every season of The Real World. She so was on. She was on Hawaii, I think. Good job. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have all those people. There's everybody brings personal struggle. Yes. To the real world, um, but yeah, I do that. I watch some of those those TLC shows. I'm yes, not going to name them, Hannah. You won't get no, me to. No, I know what they are. I've watched Teen Mom. <laughs> I mean, so you watch shows where the inherent understanding is that there is trauma here. Like My 600-Pound Life or, you know what I mean? Those All those shows are built on that fact. Okay? They are. But and that's is, what sucks us in. But is The Bachelor built on that fact? It hasn't been up to this point. No. Not with The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Like, right. Tasha, for example, didn't dive into her traumatic past. Whereas Ivan did. Ivan did. Yeah. But they usually protect they usually protect the lead a little bit more than they did in this episode. That's right. Think of another one. How about Colton? Colton. uh, His his season was so shallow. I mean, what can you really even pull from that? He just he was the virgin. His trauma was. His trauma was was that he was But like, um, maybe the most legit of all the traumas. Yeah, <laughs> like on Nick Vial's season, uh, we had Nick didn't really share his personal trauma, but like uh, Christina Schulman did. Mm. Was she on Nick Vial's season, or am I mixing it up? Was she on Ari's season? I think shoot, she was on shoot. Nick's season. Christina Schulman. Mm. She was what the was one who was like, again? she ate lipstick because like her her mom was so poor. I must have missed that. Yeah, she was like uh, adopted from hmm. um, Russia. Oh, I remember her. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she she went to paradise, right? Uh huh. But my point is that she was a contestant, mm-hmm. and yeah. So we often see that stuff come out in contestants. They usually protect the lead more than this. They really put him on the fryer for this. They one. really did. They really went for it, and they got him like. I mean, to to cry like that during your interview says that that's some really deep pain that's being uncovered, Mm -hmm. and I'm grimacing as I'm thinking about it. Yeah, and you know what? My immediate reaction was like, wow, (laughs) that's an epic sort of, I mean, it's like deep, right? And in some ways, I was like, "It's, it's sort of touching. And then I was on Twitter and I'm like noticing all of white Twitter is like, this is such a touching moment. How endearing. And then all of black Twitter is like, nope, no, nope, no. So nerp. Yep. So like I felt uneasy about it, but I also had this tinge of feeling like it was endearing. And I was like, why am I feeling that way when I know logically that this is so messed up? And it's like, oh, well, I'm used to TV catering to my whiteness and mm. uh, black stories being shown in order to cater to my whiteness. So this shouldn't be right. surprising to me that this is mm. meant to be endearing to me. That I'm meant right. to sort of see this as like, yay, they got over it. You know? Yeah. You know, and it's also a way to address society's anxieties, I think, in a lot of ways. And I, I mean, white society's anxieties, because it's like this entire season, we have only heard tell of Matt's absent father, mm-hmm. right? He's just been this image and we've only got these snippets of who this man was. And the only snippets we got were he ain't S-H-I-T and he wasn't there, right? Yep. So then when he when we actually get to see this man, this you know- fully fledged I, person. This person, you know, it's almost like as a viewer, they've set him up to be a villain in a lot of ways. And then we get to see the villain get confronted yep. with what, you know, we need to hear said to this person. Yeah. You know, it's almost like this this larger anxiety about black men being absent. And it's like the devil's advocate arguments. Yeah. Um, that folks make like, okay, yes, we understand that black folks are asking for X, Y, and Z, but what about the absent black father? 
you know, just to play oh, devil's yes. advocate. What about, and so what they did was they brought that person on the show so that, so, so that white viewers and non-black viewers and even some black viewers could be, have those anxieties relieved by seeing this person almost get what they deserved. Oh, yikes. Yikes. When you really lay it all out like that, it it's like so damning for the show. It is. It's so damning. And I don't even think, I mean, I just straight up don't think they have any of the skills or tools to have handled it differently. This was the best no. idea they had. They were like, let's, you know what we should do? Get these guys. Yeah. It's just, it's, well, let's get him out here. But first of all, don't tell him why we're asking him out here. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let him prepare just, at all for this. And you know what? It was good TV. And that's what they want to do it for. Mm-hmm. It was good TV. Uh, for sure. And it, to, to literally watch him sweat under the pressure of his adult son. Wow. On national TV. Wow. Yep. It, it was gross. And I like that you pointed out white and black Twitter's very different responses to it. Because regardless of how folks responded, as you said, it was good TV because mm-hmm. people were responding. Oh, yeah. So you either hated it or it made you feel warm and fuzzy inside, but you watched the whole thing. Yep. And you ate your popcorn and you, <laughs> nudged, and you nudged your partner. And you said, did you hear that? Like, you got into it, and that's what they wanted in the end. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. I just hope that they have an opportunity after this show to really reconcile and go through mm. some constructive therapy together, and that it's not just like, oh, yeah. we did that in the show, so it's over. Yeah, for real. I mean, it would be a beautiful thing if the two of them – Really did that work together, and I could think I can think of who should pay for it too. <laughs> I have a good idea. As well. I have a good idea for who could pay Chris for this. Chris Harrison out of his yep. personal paycheck. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's talk about the rest of the fantasy suites of this episode. So I always love the fantasy suites episode mm-hmm. because I feel like you can. Well, now you're kind of getting down to the the wire. <clears throat> you're supposed to learn a lot about everybody on the show. You kind of, like, see if they vibe and connect in that romantic way as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. I still, though, felt like I left this episode not knowing really anything about either Michelle or Rachel. Mm. Like, I I know that Michelle is amazing. Yeah. And I know that Rachel is trash. But that's what (laughs) I left the show finding out. That's pretty much it. Hmm. Well, what I learned about Michelle this episode, and I won't disagree with you and say, I know so much about Michelle after this episode, because I really don't. But um, I learned how emotionally intelligent she is. Yes. I think she's an, and I I kind of like, I, I made a face when I said that, because on one hand, I say, oh, Michelle, please don't fall in love with this man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Please don't fall in love with him. I, like, I think it's too late. He's not the one. Oh, she's she's got a bad. She's got a bad. He he is not interested. Said. No. But I think she does have an emotional intelligence in terms of um she asked him this question. And she asked him she said, "Yeah, we talk a lot about falling in love and what we're going to do to get there. And we talk a lot about like experiences of falling out of love." But how do you plan to stay in love? Mm-hmm. And she asked him rhetorically. I wish it wasn't a rhetorical Because he didn't have an answer at all. No, because there are things you don't think about. But right. that was a great question. And I feel like, uh, you know, that deserves some space for conversation. Um, but he didn't. I think he just made out with her after that. He so. said he basically said, uh, I've never thought about that before. That's right. That's right. Yikes. <laughs> a little red flag. Um, but I'm like, dang, Michelle, that's a good point. Yes. And a good conversation to have with your potential fiance. I agree. And I thought the way that she approached. So I, I was at first I wasn't sure. I was like, is he going to bring up the dad thing to all of them? And then he did, um, which I'm glad he did. Cause but they were clearly prompted to ask him. Like, all three of them. I asked him how asked he's doing. Him. Yeah. But I thought his 
the conversation with Michelle seemed mm-hmm. the most genuine. Mm. It seemed the most heartfelt. It seemed the most actually vulnerable. And I think that's because Michelle is the type of person that you could tell anything to. Mm. And she kind of invited him to dig into it. And he, she really was like an active listener and a responsive person. And that's right. she didn't pity him. And she didn't try to take on his burden or anything like that. Um, whereas, you know, I think... Brie, he relates to her with that, but also he doesn't love her, so he Mm. couldn't quite get there with her. And with Rachel, I just, honestly, I think he's afraid to burden her. Really? It it honestly felt like he kind of, and maybe it's because it was his third and final date, and he's like, I already said this five times, but it just seemed like he sort of skipped over the explanation of what happened with his dad a little bit more, sugar-coated it a little bit more, and then moved on quicker. Hmm. And I, don't, I honestly don't know if it, that was editing or what, but I just felt like, oh, okay, so he sat and explored this with Michelle, and then with Rachel, he just sort of, like, said it and then moved on. Hmm. Yeah, it might have been because it was the third time that he'd had that conversation, but, and it also might just be that, you know, say what you're about to say. I was going to say, if that's your person, yeah, then you you talk about with it with them more. Everyone what, loves to yeah, talk about themselves. Think. So no one minds doing it three times. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I just, I almost feel like he's not putting in that work with Rachel because he already has decided that she's going to be his wife. Ugh. So it's almost, so it's almost like. I'll get to it later. When we're yeah, ready, some, you know? maybe something like that. But I noticed also that during his conversation with Rachel, tell me if you picked up on this. Because, you know, Rachel was all distraught, right? Oh, God. We, we got to talk more about that later. Okay. Well, this, the one thing that stuck, stuck out to me, and we can talk about this again, again when we get back to it, but she was saying to him, you know, I feel insecure. This has been a tough week. I don't like imagining you with these other women. And, he's, and then she said, but I do understand that you have to you know, really test these relationships to know who the right person is for you. And then he responded by saying, you know, I'm really doing this and I'm paraphrasing so that you can have 100% assurance. Did you hear that? (sighs) Yes, I did. You heard that, right? Okay. So did, was he saying what we think he was like, they already have had the conversation that she's going to be the winner? No, I, I don't know. Like if, I don't know if on the fantasy suite dates, he says to her, you're the one, by the way, you're going to be the pick. I have no idea. I have okay. no idea if during these they kind of make it clear. But I do think I've heard from past contestants that they have made choices going into the fantasy suites that have affected their long-term outcomes. Like Nick Vial said he didn't sleep with anybody else except for Vanessa because he knew he mm. wanted to be with her. And he didn't. He knew that she wouldn't like it if he were to sleep with somebody else. So that's why I said last week that he. I thought Matt might save himself for Rachel. Now I don't know if he did or not. I can't tell. No, I think both Bree and Michelle are not the type of people to say one way or the other. No. So no. I don't know if we'll ever have that question answered unless Matt himself says it. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't have sex with either Michelle or Bree. Yeah, I would be surprised to um, the one quote, because I was trying to pick up on what happened. Obviously. Yeah, of course. You're always trying to read the body language. Because I love the juicy gossip. And I don't know who said this, if it was Matt or Michelle, but one of them said, where we went was incredible in describing their yeah, experience with each other the night before. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know also how a guy like Matt defines sex. If... Hmm. <laughs> You know, if he's a real, like, binary thinker and it's only one thing and so everything else is on the table. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he did test the waters with all three of them and I'm just totally reading into this. But the fact that he's being so pulled back on his desire to say his feelings for Brie or Michelle. Yeah. To me, me, it says everything. It says that he's obviously choosing Rachel and that I'm wondering if he's also going to hold back on other things. So that Rachel doesn't feel bad. When Get he... upset. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he even he said that thing about 
Um, well, I'm not going to ask anybody for anybody's hand in marriage until I know there's one person left. And mm-hmm. that's what I mean. I think he's just like, he believes that you save it for some person, one person. I, I hear you. Yeah. <sighs> and I wouldn't, you know what? I wouldn't be um, surprised if that's the choice he made. We won't ever know. No, we Maybe won't. Maybe we will. Let's talk about the tabloids. Uh, let's talk about Michelle's date. Itself. Okay. Let's do it. I the mean, Pennsylvania Dutch Spa. It's like that's what she got for the ro- <laughs> for the romantic like fantasy suite date. They rubbed themselves you, in butter, which must have been so hard to get off. Ew. So hard. You, I don't get it. <laughs> You hate the crappy date. I hate the crappy date, and I don't understand why, once again, Michelle, like, this is the dates that they got, okay? Michelle has to, like, rub butter. Like, butter just from, like, a wrap, (laughs) just from the grocery store, because they were in squares. (laughs) They were in rectangles, like, grocery store rectangles. It wasn't, like, handmade Pennsylvania Dutch butter. They put their feet in just straight-up cold oatmeal. And they took a bath in, like, 1% milk. Okay? That was, like, their sexy date. Well, it's almost, in, in Bachelor World, that's sexy because they got to rub on each other. I guess so. I guess so. But, but like, maybe with oils. I don't know. Butter is really tough. I mean, and oatmeal? Oatmeal is so gross. It's not sexy. Don't get me wrong. I love butter. I'd put butter on anything. But would I put butter on myself all over my body? I don't think so. <laughs> Then Brie, poor Brie, gets the raggedy dates every time. She Tell has to go it. into the, like the first date, she got thrown off an ATV. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Then for this date, they made her walk like two miles just to go find Matt. Did you notice that she was just like walking and walking and walking? I did. And I was like, how does she know her way through these woods? I was unreal. Like she walked for so long. I'm trying to figure out what she did on her date. Uh, anyway, what her hometown date was, I can't remember. Um, I guess um, it was just to see her mom. It, and yeah. then this date, you should walk two miles. Then then she's, like, having to set up a tent, which if you're not going to sleep in it, why set it up? Setting it up is definitely the most irritating part. And then Rachel gets to, like, meet up in this nice, fancy little house and make pottery and we barely even saw that part of the date because most of it must have been the, the banging in the bedroom. <laughs> she got, Rachel got sexy pottery ghost style. Yes, exactly. And a skydiving and, trip, which is what made Matt like her, is that she almost died. <laughs> <laughs> he, he fell in love with her falling on her own face. Okay. So, yes. Between the three dates, uh, Rachel obviously got the best one. And the other women got what they got. Yeah. But can we talk about uh, Rachel for a moment and how she reacted when Michelle went on her one-on-one? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Okay. So Rachel had a meltdown. Yeah, she's a big baby. She was the last one to be chosen or the last one to receive her fantasy suite date. Which you should take as a sign that things are going well for you. But as well as things might be going for her, he still spent time, he spent time with other women. Yep. And she was really trying to push this. I am so in love. And that's why this pains me. Yeah, I know. But you know, it's like, it's we know what it jealousy, is, Rachel. Your baby. It's not insecurity. It's not immaturity. It's like, I just. I feel the strongest for him, and that's why this is the hardest for me. Right, and it's like, no, you just can't believe that you're up against someone like Michelle, that you have no chance. (laughs) She's perfect, and you're trash. (laughs) She's having a really hard time with it. And did you notice that when, so Michelle, they had their date, um, they they may have boinked, I don't know. (laughs) She tells him she loves him, he says, thanks. Never good. Never good. For the second or third time. Yeah, I think she told him three times. She told him three times, and every time he's either just said thanks or just kissed yes, her. Yes, exactly. Get her, to get her to stop talking. Exactly. And then, but when 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 they got back together, 
all in the same room, all the women, which, by the way, is, like, atrocious. And they have to stop doing that to the to the contestants. They have to stop. That it's is horrible. my favorite part. Okay. Okay. All right. You like it. I wrote, I wrote LOL at when Michelle comes back and Rachel cries. They introduced it in Peter's season, and, they've, and then they kept it for every other season after that. Because... Other, it's very unnecessary if you think about oh, it. Oh, yeah. They have this whole mansion. Yeah. They're probably just kicking it, doing whatever they do throughout the day. There's no reason for them to be sitting there no. waiting for the woman who has no, just there really isn't. slept it's... with Matt. To... But it's such good TV. But the looks on their faces. It really And is. then they make the one who just returned recount her entire experience so that the other two can cringe and, and imagine through what it. it was like. But did you see how sweet Michelle was? I mean, she came back and she was like, I can tell you guys are struggling. I know. And I'll just say that you guys are going to really enjoy your time with him and it's been worth the wait and I know you're going to really have a good time. Like, what? She didn't have to do all that, but she did. She came back from her beautiful date and her beautiful butter date. And instead of just, like, celebrating whatever, like the rest of the women did. Yeah. She reassured them. Right? She reassured them. She made them feel better. Like, you guys are going to have a great time. And she demonstrated that she's not a jealous person, which is awesome. She really did. Uh, She has been the most... Well, I would say Brie has been very even-keeled as well. mm -hmm. But Michelle really shows us... I feel like we're really getting to know Michelle. We're getting to know her personality more and more each week. We really are. And you're right. For her to say... For her not to she say, didn't come back like, well, I hey, had to roll in just some a crappy butter rubbing day. Salted butter rubbing day. <laughs> no, she was like, it was wonderful. It doesn't matter what I do with him. Yep. I have a great time no matter what. And you all are going to have a great time too. Yeah, go on. And have she fun. didn't say anything about how hard it was going to be for her, even though we know she's probably going through it. Well, of she, course. she showed us in other instances of how she's struggling with it. Of course. But, but yeah, that was a very good testament to Michelle's character. And I will say Brie, Brie also, I think re- responded well, like she was stressed about it and she was mm-hmm. anxious about it, but she didn't go. She didn't constantly talk about it. Like Rachel did. No. So and cry and roll around. Yeah. And being so pout. petty. Like Rachel was so petty and annoying. When um, Michelle was on her date, I was so mad that they interrupted Michelle's date for us to hear about Rachel being sad. It's like, I don't care. It. Give Michelle more screen time. But this is this is the Rachel show, unfortunately. Yeah, from I know. Hirano. So then we see Bree's date, uh, the hikes in the woods. Um, she asks if he's ready for an engagement. Mm-hmm. And that's when he brought up the thing about his dad, which I thought was an interesting timing. But I'm wondering what you feel about this. She says she's 100% ready for an engagement. She says she's in love Mm -hmm. with him. Mm -hmm. She's already asked him if he's ready for an engagement. Mm -hmm. At this point, don't you think he knows it's not with her? Yes. So if you're in that position as the lead, you have the Mm -hmm. opportunity to fool around with this woman and break her heart during the rose ceremony or let her down right then and she gets to go sleep in her own bed. What do you, what what do you do? I mean, what do I do? Yeah. If you're the lead, you, Jay Ike Diggs, are the lead. What do you do? I don't, I feel like if I answered the question and said, oh, well, I sleep with her and then I dump her. That's, that's not what would earn me. Well, I'm a savage. I would 100%, I would 100% sleep with them and then. Oh, you would? Yes, I would. I, de- I, I definitely wouldn't do that, and no judgment, but I... I would. would. I'm a savage. Okay, okay, so tell me why. But here's the thing. I'll say this, okay? So... Okay. I... If, the, if this was my show, I would yeah. I would have contestants that were both men and women, because I'm bisexual, and I'm interested in also dating women. If mm-hmm. it was a woman, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd let her down easy beforehand if I knew it wasn't going to be her. If it was a man, I wouldn't care. (laughs) (laughs) This is just me being totally honest. I have my own faults, okay? Hell yeah. (laughs) This is me being honest. I don't take – I don't always 
take men's feelings into as a into account. <laughs> hey, you know how much I appreciate that level of pettiness. I'm just being <laughs> being honest, and I'm being petty. I want you to know, if it was specifically Brie, I would have let her down because yeah. she's a perfect angel. Yeah. If it were specifically Michelle, I would let her down because she's this perfect angel. If it mm-hmm. were Rachel and I just wanted to sleep with her, I would just sleep with her and dump her the next day. And then dump her the next yeah. day. <laughs> so I guess it okay. depends on the person. If I felt like they were a, like a very sweet person who takes that kind of intimacy really, really seriously, man yeah. or a woman, I yeah. would not do it. Okay. If I thought they you were somebody who was more like me, who was like, who like I personally don't see intimacy like physical intimacy as always being connected to emotional intimacy. I can easily, I could easily sleep with someone and be done with it the next day and never have an issue. If I felt like they were more along that vibe, I would be like, let's just see, let's just have some fun. We've been right. We've been on this journey for however many weeks, and we're all very pent up, and we've, you know, uh, so that's where I'm at. Okay, thank you so much for. I'm here. Being honest. I'm here to be honest. And- and vulnerable, as Matt James would say. <laughs> I am not, I would not do that. Um, and I don't really know why, because I, I can't, I can't necessarily tell you why, because I've never been in the situation where I've had, you know, the opportunity to sleep with three men. But have you, have you ever been in the situation where you had the opportunity to sleep with someone who you knew it wasn't going to be serious? Oh, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. In that situation, do you do it? Okay. Okay. Maybe, but only if that person is on the same page. Right, right. Like I, right, I don't right. want to blindside anyone. I don't yes. want to bamboozle anyone. Right. And I don't feel like these women were on Matt's page. No, like, Bree is in love with Matt. That's what I'm saying. Michelle yes. is in love with Matt. No, right. you're right. If and someone told me they were in love with me and I didn't feel the same way, I don't think there's any chance I would sleep with them. You know, just, no matter who and, they are. <laughs> And when Matt dumps Bree, spoiler alert, uh, when Matt dumps Bree, he says, when he sits her down, it's nothing that happened within the last week. It's not something I can put my finger it's on. It's not you, and baby. So like, it's someone else. <laughs> I know, but if you're, t- if you're telling her it's not something that happened recently, then you're telling her you already knew it wasn't going to be her. I know. I thought that was so bad. She looked mad. She looked mad. I would... It's like, I hope looking back on that, she's like even more mad about it because I think when he said that, I was like, "What?" So you already knew it was going to be Rachel and he was or trying to say the, he was trying to say the right thing, but yeah. what he really did was reveal that he was kind of a scumbag. Yeah, he if, did. You know, if they did get intimate in the ways that we're assuming that they did, I really think he should have told her uh, that she wasn't the one. I don't know if this is I, this has never happened in Bachelor history. But what? why not tell her once the cameras leave? Mm. Why not give her that grace? If you're like, if you really care about Brie, if you really, like, I wonder what's in the contract that doesn't allow you to do that. Like, once you're in that alone time, couldn't you say, hey, I just want you to know I really like you. Like, I think you're amazing. And yes, I do want to sleep with you, but I don't think it's going to be you at the end of all this. And so I want to talk to you about that. And then, right, she has the opportunity to leave right then and there. I don't know. And then I'm sure the cameras would find her as soon as she left the villa. It's not that hard to find her. And then for us to see the aftermath of that conversation, that's what I feel like I would do if I was that person is wait till we're the cameras are about to leave. And then when the cameras leave, get into that more so. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's exactly what I suggest that they do. Yeah. Why wait till a whole And I don't care what your contract says or what you can say to people or what you can't, uh, you know, we make fun of these contestants, but they're people with real feelings yep. and it's not really fair. It isn't fair um, for somebody you're in love with right. who thinks that they have a chance at being your wife for you to take advantage of that situation without being upfront. And that, you want to talk about honesty? Yeah. Tell her you're not picking her. Just and tell her. See how things play out. Tell her she's not going to be the one, and then give her a chance. Maybe she'll be like, you know what? Exactly. I'm going to go all the way to the rose ceremony because I want my time on TV. Heck yeah! You it's know, up she to her. To decide that. It's up exactly. To her. Yeah. Might say, you know what? I'm gonna sleep with them anyways because 
We're here. Like, Why what do not? you talk about the whole night knowing that you're not going to pick this person? <laughs> what do you discuss? Well, I'm sure you just play the role. You just let it play out. But the cameras the aren't that... there. So then it's like, what are you doing? Are you faking it for like a whole night? Are you like fake sleeping? Like, what's happening? You know, you know they're not talking. You think they boinked? You really think he, he boinked all three of them? I'm under that impression. Okay. I think they did sexual acts. They did something. Yeah, which is sex. <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It may not be how Matt defines it. We don't know. Exactly. It's, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I I do think they did. Okay. All those women came back way too happy to not have gotten blamed. That's true. But if I think about, like I said, Nick Vile's season, when... Raven came back. Her whole storyline was that she'd never had an orgasm before. Mm, and when right. when she came back from um, her overnight, she was like, I had multiple orgasms from Nick. Like, he fixed my problem. Yeah, so right. I'm like, and then Nick says he didn't sleep with anybody but, but Vanessa. So I'm like, all right, so is it the way that he's defining sex? I don't know. Which, I don't know what to do with you that. You know what I'm saying? Or is it situation. the way that the show is trying to introduce us, like convince us? It's so funny because just like they talk about race in this really veiled way, they also talk mm-hmm. about sex in this really veiled way where it's like, we're never going to directly discuss it, but we are going to create this whole scenario where they get to do overnight dates. It's but all, only once because it's very pure. It's all very sixth grade yes the way they deal with sex yep it's euphemisms it's vibrators it's giggling it's um when brie and matt um went to do their camping they you know talking about pitching a tent yep yep you know like those kind of little euphemistic jokes or uh, innuendos but you're right it's never directly discussed no ever never ever yes we had sex no we did not have sex Never has been. Um, so. so then we get to to Rachel's date. Mm-hmm. She's being super weird towards him in the beginning. Kind of rude, yeah. I think. Kind of rude. He's all happy to see her. Rude. Yeah, I do. She just seemed crabby. She seemed crabby, yeah, which I think was mm-hmm. being kind of rude. Like she was just being kind of distant. She had no enthusiasm. She was being awkward. Then she tells yeah. him how she was struggling and I'm just, like, a little tired of Rachel's insecurities, like, especially mm-hmm. when highlighted next to Brie and Michelle, who just don't use those as a weapon. Brie and Michelle are strong women. Yes. And Rachel needs tons and tons of reassurance. But let's keep in mind, not defending Rachel, she's 24. Yeah, right. Whereas the other women, they're a little bit older. But isn't Brie also yeah. 24? Is Brie? Yes, because her mom was, yes, her, Brie is 24 as well. Okay, Bree seems much older than Rachel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, she's, but you're right. She's had to grow up faster, right? She had a very young parent. That's right. But Bree is Bree was just very poised. Uh huh. Well, we can talk about Bree in a moment. Yes, Rachel came on this date with an attitude. Um, you know, she wanted. I think she kind of wanted Matt to notice that she wasn't in a good mood. Yeah, instead of just saying something, she was. Yeah, like, wait till he right. wait till he says something to me. Mm-hmm. And then finally, she was like, "All right, let me just get this off my chest," which I liked. It's just like, just tell him, you know, how you're yeah. feeling. So I did think so. With the way she put it together, was better than I expected from her. Mm-hmm. You know, because she said. I am struggling, but I also understand you need to do this. I just want you to know right. that I'm struggling. And, right. and then he fully reassures her and tells her he's in love with her. And the show's he, over. <laughs> and that's, and that's, yep, that's actually how it wraps up. But the one thing that I will point out about Rachel's date was that as, you know, she was prompted like the rest of them to ask Matt how his week has been. Right. And basically, like, tell me about what happened with your father. Um, he told her. And then she said, well, I can't ever see you walking away from a family. And you could tell that was very, like, he needed that. Yeah, that's true. He felt relieved that she didn't see him as somebody like his father. Right. Which is 
odd that she would because I don't think she knows that much about his father or, you know, I don't yeah, think they've no. had that much of an opportunity for her to build that idea up in, like, in her mind that he might be like his father. But I thought that was interesting because it seemed like he really needed it to really hear did. that. Yeah, it really did. He was very relieved to hear that. Um, They talked about that. Then she says she's ready for an engagement again. He called her really smart, which I don't quite understand. But whatever. And then she gets fireworks. Yeah, she got fireworks. She got fire. I like the, okay, we get it. She's the one he chooses. Yeah. Then, isn't it weird that we didn't see the morning after? Yeah, I guess so. I didn't think about it. I did. I was like, well, what? But what did we not see? What happened Rachel in the morning so after that they eager. didn't want to show us? Mm. What, did he, what did he say to her? Was it something that telegraphed so strongly that she's the chosen one or something? Like, what is Probably. That? Probably. And we heard from her how now every aspect of their re- relationship is solidified. Yes. Including their genital touching aspect. <laughs> <laughs> But for real, Rachel was not all the way. Rachel was not mincing words about how much she wanted to jump into bed. Yes, which is great. She said, "I've never wanted anybody as much as I want right right now." (laughs) She was like, "It's time, let's go." And you know what? I don't. I don't blame her. You know. Yeah, and I wonder if he gave her that reassurance too that night. Like you're the one. I think. There was something that they cut out that they want us to see, and he probably is bending the rules in terms of what he's telling her. Maybe. Maybe, but he's been so resistant to say very much at all. Maybe because they told him not to, and he hasn't watched very much of The Bachelor or Bachelorette, so he doesn't know everybody else has told their multiple people they love them. I mean, all we can do is speculate, but Rachel's sense of confidence has me thinking that, you know, there's conversations that yeah. we haven't no, seen. I agree. She's I totally, very confident. I totally agree. And, and she's never she been confident up, before. Right. And when she walked up, she's like, I just have a fear that everything has changed. Um, and it's kind of like, well, what? Yeah, what has changed? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what, what, what's he been telling you? I know. So then we see the rose ceremony. All the women are wearing black. Like it's I a know, funeral. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, the roses go to Michelle and Rachel, and then Brie looks stunned by the whole thing. She looks really shook. Here's what I'll say about Brie. Okay. I'm proud of her. First of all, I'm proud of her. Um, she was very poised through the entire thing. Yeah, she was. And... You could tell that she, I don't, you know, it looked like she wanted to break down, but she didn't. And she held it together as much as possible. And even in the limo, there were tears, but, you know, there was no just of that emotional purging that the show really gets off on in the limo. Um, But I also thought that when she talked to Matt, I just liked how she was like, you know what? I'm upset. I'm sad. But I can't even say that it's at you right now. I'm just feeling my feelings. Yep. And I'm going to exit gracefully. And that's what she did. And I, I really, I'm very proud of Brie and how she handled that. I just hope she gets her job back. I know. She quit her whole job for that. (laughs) Working for Facebook too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. But hopefully she'll get some time on Paradise. Which can do hey. great things for people's careers on reality TV. So maybe she'll become an influencer. Um, we saw the preview for next week, and mm-hmm. I don't understand what Matt is so broken up about. It's so clear he's going to pick Rachel at this point. What's going on next week? What is his heart aching for when he's so obviously going to pick her? What happens? I don't know. I I kind of felt like somebody might have passed away. And they were just kind of, well, that's how it seemed. Like someone was, like someone might have gotten sick with COVID or something. I don't know. I don't know if it was COVID, but the way that he was crying on that curb, I it kind of seemed like one of those moments that had nothing to do with his dating life. I but wonder. But they just cut, cut it to make it look like that. 
I wonder if, he, yeah, that could be. That could be. It could be something completely different that he finds out from back home. What do that, you think? No, that could be true. I wonder if his mom is like, you're not ready to get engaged to either of these women. Ooh. I don't know. She that, seems pretty, like, hard. That would throw a monkey in the wrench. Yeah. That would throw a monkey in the wrench. <laughs> Took me a second. <laughs> To realize that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's a new one I'm using. But that would complicate things it for really him quite would. a bit. Because if mother didn't approve. If mother woo, didn't approve. Woo. Something so weird about calling her mother. <laughs> As an adult man, you can't call her mother. Uh, so you... it, it could be that. I don't know. Like, But you know, the editing can't be trusted. So it could be a whole host of things. That's where I'm at. I'm like, after this season, after what y'all did to Brittany, I'm going to wait until I see what actually went down yeah. before Don't you I say lie to me. <laughs> I'm, sm- I'm on to you, I Bachelor th- producers yeah, and editors. Exactly. And I don't know if next week we're having a two-parter or what. They did. They said season finale. So. Yeah, they did, but they didn't say. So I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to have a finale, a two-part finale on Monday oh. and Tuesday. And then after the final rose. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. I think so. Um, right? So we'll have that's to see. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. So maybe our episode will drop on Wednesday after the whole thing is, after the whole shebang is said Ooh, and done. Can you uh, believe that we're here at the end of the season? I can't. And I'm also relieved at the same time. I same. need a break from the show after this episode, after this se- after this season. And I hope, I mean, they're scheduled to film The Bachelorette in like a week. And we don't even know who the Bachelorette is yet, although there's plenty of rumors out there. But I hope that uh, we get more than a little. I think I hope we get at least a couple months off before we have to watch more of the show. Oh, my goodness. I'm mentally drained. Yeah, Yeah, I've kind of had it up to here with Matt James and the gang, too. (laughs) Matt James and the gang. (laughs) I just can't also can't handle if they just decide to bring Chris Harrison back. He hasn't been gone. Did you see he did a GMA interview this week? No. So he's like on Good Morning America. Like, dude, you said you were going to take a step back and you've done so many interviews. So was he going on Good Morning America talking about the incident and what he's he learned from it? He's doing an apology tour, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't very believable. You can watch it for yourself. It's so funny how much money white people can make off being jerks. <laughs> so much money well, you were a jerk come on and tell us about it i also found out this week a side note that heather was at the women tell all but never put on air are you kidding me so what do you think she did bad that the franchise was scolding her for that's extremely juicy she was just chilling yeah she's you can actually see her in one of the clips what could it have been i don't know I, I don't know it. if they just cut it for time, but I was like, well, you didn't show us anything else that was interesting. Do you know how devastating that would be to as go- one of the women? To quarantine and get tested probably twice. And to then get a freakum dress, there. hair, makeup, nails. Yeah. Travel all the way there. Yes. Do the whole episode, which probably took like nine hours, and then not get in the final cut. Unreal. Talk about know. trauma. Talk about trauma. <laughs> so funny. I mean, it's like, and also because she already like spent that whole whatever two weeks in the hotel room. She got five minutes on air and then she doesn't even get to go to the women tell. She doesn't even get to be shown on the women tell all. So embarrassing. She's, she has, she's had a rough go this season. I mean, I don't feel bad for her. I feel embarrassed she for kinda, her. She kind of did it to herself. She really did, huh? I'm seeing a highlight video in my head right now of Heather's season, and it's just tragic. <laughs> I'm seeing, like, a slow-motion montage of her pulling up in the minivan Honestly, and waving to Chris Harrison. the whole thing could be done in, like, a three-and-a-half-minute clip. <laughs> she was on the show for such a short period of time. The pizza. Oh, being God. Being quirky. And then getting dumped. And then being berated by the women. Yes. She just... She just had a really rough A go. slice of heaven. <laughs> um, okay. Well, well, this, you know what? Next week is going to be something. We're probably going to find out Rachel's the winner 
We're probably going to be find out that they broke up because she's racist. We're we're definitely yeah. going to be disappointed. There's no way that we're walking away with a Matt and Michelle engagement and that they're happy at the end of this. No way. No chance. Hey, listen. One thing's for sure. We're going to have plenty to talk about next week. That's true. And I really hope Michelle turns out to be the next Bachelorette. I do, too. But I just, I want the show to be more for Michelle. Yeah, they're not ready you know, to have her as the Bachelorette. They're not ready to do it. She is, I, you know I'm biased. And I know you're biased toward our hometown, Shiro. Yes. yes. She is a very genuine heart. And she's pure and she's sweet and she, you can tell she's a giver. Yeah. And I'm, I'm worried. I just don't want that to be taken advantage of. Oh, I agree. I agree. And I don't want them putting some like crappy dudes on her season who end up having crappy dudes. Yeah. Right. That's (sighs) what I worry about. Yeah. I know. And we could luck out. She could meet a Zach, you know, like Tasha did and end up really happy, but I don't know. You know what? Only time will tell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in that, on that note, listeners, we must be off. It's it's time to go think about what's going to happen next week. And as usual, we love to hear from you um, on our Instagram at you get a rose. On Twitter is fine too at you get a rose. And that's great. Those are good places to find us. We got you know we saw your notes and messages about our audio issues the last couple of weeks, which we are very aware of and also you know struggled with ourselves so hopefully it yeah. sounds good to you this week and that we um continue to improve so thank you for that feedback and we will talk to you next week i've been hannah w your host and i've been your host miss j i Diggs. thank you for, for listening tuning in. for more on the show visit you get a rose.com or find us on facebook twitter and instagram at you get a rose you get a rose is a podcast from my talk 1071 Hear more great podcasts on mytalk1071.com.